0: Don Rahul Jimenez.
1: Hi amateurs, that? Like, you don't even see that down the park.
0: If they, if they lose, it feels great. Content.
1: The with your head? I am supporting every team that feels break. I'm not making a documentary this year about how shit my club is.
0: Mudman, thank you as always. Yeah, Who would you rather lose it to, by the way? Me or Johnny? That's somebody's choice. <laughs> Hello and welcome back to the football babble. It's a special this week because it's the breakaway of S3. Uh, it's myself, Phil. It's Steve. Hello, Steve. Hello, Phil. And it's uh, Cousin Mud. Hello, Cousin Mud. Rocky, eh? So. We've broke away to form our own Super Three podcast for for one night only. Um, Patrick can't come on tonight; he's playing cricket. I'll leave that there. And yeah. Brenton Brent can't come on tonight as well because he's playing football. Um, so it's just us as I said. And we're going to get into quite a few issues tonight, like um, about our clubs, what do we want from our clubs, just in the wake of what's happened last couple of, last couple of weeks. Um, Obviously, some of the storylines that are coming out just do with Super Six and potential dealings in the background with certain governments, which none of us was really surprised about. Steve had a brilliant tweet today that caused a bit of traction on who is the biggest diver or cheat in football. Um,
1: Someone pricks under that tweet, how do you
0: know? Um, And then Michael one uh, took a load of pints and said something about Mo Salah not being a natural finisher despite him scoring at a better rate than he did. Um, I think Polly uh, hacked
1: his Twitter to be honest. Uh, so
0: <laughs> And then, uh, the Carabao Cup, the history of the Tottenham, apologies cousin Ben, and, um, the song Tears. Just before we, oh, oh, a bit of administration, would you mm-hmm. will? Um, I found out this weekend as well, mates, that my father, and my auntie and uncles listen to the podcast. So I'd like to apologize for all, oh, previous, shit. <laughs> <laughs> all
1: previous previous uh, on this podcast. Um I apologize um, for nothing.
0: Um I'm, I'm I'm not even the no I'm not the no one podcast. But yeah, thanks for listening. I really I actually really, really do appreciate that. That's nice to hear. So we'll get into it this week because... not that Breton, Chelsea are were different than ours or whatever, but Roman Abramovich sort of he's at a different I think level of what's the word uh, sort of respect at his clubs than certainly the likes of yours Johnny Arsenal and yours uh, Stephen the Glazers with Manchester United but I've sort of been thinking like the the last couple of weeks just of what's been going on because the FSG and, and what's happened what do I want from my football club or what can I expect from my football club like do I want Liverpool to be a club where um, it's a um, they're on the on the right path for social issues? Um, they look after us ticket-wise and pricing-wise. They look after like the likes of food banks and initiatives going on around the club. They hand over some responsibility to fans. Or do I want to just sit there and say nothing, but just be delighted if they sign someone like Holland and Mbappe and we win three or four Champions Leagues? So basically, do I want my club to have a social, um conscience or do I want my club to be Real Madrid? <laughs> do, do, do you know what I mean? So, Steve, what, like, as a Man United fan, say the Glaciers are going, who do what do you want to come in next? And Johnny, this is for you too, so you can come in after this. And what way do you want your club to be? Like, do you, what, what way do you want them to be run? You see, I think we touched on this a little bit last week in the sense that, Football clubs are now so expensive. There are only a certain number of people and a certain type of people that can buy football clubs. I think that's the biggest issue. Um what do I want from my team? I I want a team that a first and foremost, I think plays attractive attacking football. That's my number one concern as a sporting fan. But I think clubs are in a position of power as well to influence their supporters and you know if Man United come out in uh, uh, as an organization and say look we're actually going to do something serious about the abuse that our players are taking on on social media and we're deleting all our social media accounts and when the abuse stops we might consider coming back something like that like teams that are willing to take a stand you know it's the opposite of shut up and dribble that like we've been hearing for the last decades I want my sporting heroes and I want my sporting teams to 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 really really take a stand on social issues so those are the two big things i i would I would rather they weren't owned by a a, a country who were trying to sports wash their way out of you know six and a half thousand debts I'd rather they weren't owned by someone who saw them as just a way of you know a license to print money but like there are no good billionaires and that's just the way things are because we have created a culture whereby the people who who earn the most money are are not particularly nice people um i think without projecting onto you i think you've got you've got as a Liverpool fan the best position of all because you have LeBron James involved in the ownership of Liverpool. Yeah, it's not a huge stake, but, you know, he is someone that I think FSG can put, once his playing career is over, front and centre. I think he can lead those kind of initiatives. Because, you know, to me, as as much as I... It kills me to say it, like, Liverpool are much more of a socially conscious club, I think, than, than Manchester United have been. And even... Even Alex Ferguson, who, there's no denying his socialist credentials. Like, there's absolutely no denying, you know, the good he has done for the game uh, and for people around him. As much as, you know, as he was a Liverpool fan might hate him for what he did to a childhood and things like that. Like, <laughs> yeah. He, you know, he never said anything for the first six, seven, eight years of the Glazers in charge because they, you know... They, they, they filled his bank account every month and they kind of stayed out of the way. And that's, that's not necessarily a bad thing either. So if we can't get the, if we can't get the social justice side of things, if we can't get the using your power for good, I just want owners who I don't know who they are, who are not in the way. Like the work, like you and I love US sports. The worst thing about US sports is how prevalent the owners are. Like they're the first people who lift the Lombardi trophy when the Super Bowl is. Yeah you know, they're not as they're not as front and centre in the NBA or whatever, but they are in baseball as well. So it I, I'd love a situation where the owners just came in, paid away, just the wages, bought players I want them to buy, encouraged um sort of social initiatives. But if we can't get all three, I'd rather they just shut up and I didn't they weren't bleeding the club dry as a like a source of revenue all the time but it's really hard to see how that will ever happen. What about you, Johnny?
1: Yeah, I I would echo the same, but in in terms of maybe what I'd like to see differently would be, I'd like to see some of the traditions of Arsenal come back, like small, silly things, like the captain picks the sleeve now, like players just take piss a lot now, Um, Arsenal were a club that were built on tradition and, you know, class as we've we've said, but they haven't been very classy for a while. But um it, I don't know much about the Spotify um founder and, and owner at the moment, Daniel Ack, I think is his second name is pronounced, but yeah. um there's been a lot of criticism today about you know Spotify's business model and so on and he's done all you boys in by upping your premium <laughs> prices <laughs> 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 which I'm all for to be honest. Um but uh, like, I think it's just kind of funny how when this guy has been rumoured to take over Arsenal there's a lot of criticism from a lot of media outlets but where was the criticism when these or even Chelsea's like you know so mm. it's I think it's a bit rich for them to come and attack Arsenal straight away with all this bullshit but you know Um, I just kind of want to even if it isn't Daniel Ek like, like I would like owners that just kind of care a wee bit more you know what owner that will Turn up to the odd game, um, invest in the club in the right way, and not make fifty-five people redundant and be absolute shit bags that way. Like, there's a while negotiating the Super League, by the way. Um, it's just kind of sad, and you know, getting rid of Gonosaurus was uh, obviously it angered a lot of people at the club because the guy's been around in the nineties. Like, you know, it's you just kind of want to see guys that do care, that have the club's best interest in heart, and not their not their pockets because that just has been what's it been all about for the Cronkies for a long time. Like Arsenal have just went so far downhill; it's unbelievable. Like you know, going from being Invincibles champions to well, tenth in the league. It's just I don't know they didn't know Arsenal the last time they won the league, but they were about shortly after that. And you know, Arsenal consistently even qualified for the Champions League and were were up there and challenged him for the league maybe until about March, April time and I can only dream of that now look it's it's just so poor and you know they've been investing in all the wrong sort of players as well like you've seen the Ozel contract was crazy and even Aubameyang's contract to to an extent but we all kind of wanted him to stay so we can't really be too credible of that we didn't know really Aubameyang was going to have such a bad season but just being more, more clever with the money in terms of who they're buying, who they're selling. Like, stop buying friggin' Will, Williams and Mohamed al like, and pay <laughs> hey, people that are actually going to add something to the squad. There's a lot of things, probably, I would, I would like to see in the owner or, you know, the club going forward. Off the top of my head, I can't really think of too many of them, like, but well, I know later on tonight I'll be lying in bed, thinking, yeah, I would like that to happen, and that, and that, and that, but, you know, you, mostly just do want to see,
0: Go ahead. Sorry, go
1: ahead. No, I suppose they want to see someone that cares. That, that's really the main thing. I
0: think that's... You know I, go yeah. no, that No, that's... That, that is exactly what it is. Like, that's... People think because... Because we support teams from the big six. So-called the big six. And I hate calling that, but I have to call that just to, to break it up. People say, like... um, For instance, people in the Irish League that I would know now, or people in the League of Ireland, or even people that support teams in Championship, and I would say, like... What about getting relegated? Or what about, you know, all this year nonsense? You don't face that, blah, blah, blah. And, and that is true. But that doesn't take away how much someone who supports someone in the bigger six curves, which I've found has come out the last ten days or whatever, where people seem to think, oh, because I support Liverpool and I've had such a good couple of years, I should just be happy enough. That's never going to be the way for me. And it's not going to be the way for Liverpool fan base or the Manchester United fan base or, as we saw last Friday night, the Arsenal zombies that ha- seems as more backbone than the fucking people at the club. Excuse my language. You know what? One tiny thing before I say as well. I want to change the price of the football shirts. Yeah, Ridiculous, get that. Yeah. That is absolutely disgusting. Like I am not going to buy myself any Liverpool one for a while now. I'm going to get t-shirts or whatever because just and I'll get retro versions. But if I'm looking to buy Finn, who, who's 14 months old, um, a kit it's like fifty, sixty pounds. Yeah. Uh-huh. For a child kit, it's like, and that's that's a kit now. If you wanted to buy a top for a meal, you get the Nike one, which is seventy pounds, which doesn't fit and hugs every fat ring I have in my belly. <laughs> <laughs> and, then you, and then, if I want to get the player fit one, which for some reason does fit, it's a hundred pound. Yeah, yeah. I thought that? That is that's a disgrace for a start. They can start by producing those, but I think what what I want from my club is. I want them obviously to care more, I want them to look at their social aspects more, I want them to lower ticket prices, which is obviously the main things. But I also I am jealous of the likes of Union Berlin fans. And I've watched part one of the brilliant show that's on um on BT Sport and I'd recommend anyone who hasn't seen it yet to watch it. It follows their first season in the Bundesliga, which is obviously curtailed by COVID, but it still follows it and the community and the sense of community they have. And Dirk Zingler, who is not actually a porn star, even though that name is absolutely unreal. Um He's uh he's the managing director, basically president of the club. And he has a brilliant line in it and they're, they're about to face Bayern Munich. And he says, um uh Bayern Munich make two million more euros than us a day. Right? Yeah, their, their, yeah, their budget was their Bayern Munich was seven hundred and fifty million, Union's was seventy five million, right? Their whatever, their money. I don't I don't know financial terms, so apologies. But that two million a day, they make more. Just for sitting on their holes, basically, by the way. And he said, this isn't right. We need to find a balance in football again where every single person has a chance to win. And as soon as he said that last night, I was like, yes, we do need that. We need it where the the balance is brought back again in football where Benfica can go and win the European Cup Champions League next year or Ajax, that Ajax team went on to win it without knowing they're going to get absolutely pillared down by teams afterwards and that club's going to get ripped apart. So it's not just... The Premier League that needs to sort itself of out. The whole landscape needs to sort itself of out. We need it. We need this moment now. And the reason why I'm saying this is because this moment has passed. Because UEFA are full of shade too. And they're not going to do anything. They're not going to do any substantial. And they might ban Real Madrid here because Florentino Perez keeps poking the bear for a season or fining them heavily. But nothing of substantial is going to happen. Nothing great. And the new format that brought and we talked about it last week is just horrendous. And the players are come out now to say about it and that's great. But we we need to find something where there is a balance in football and and the likes of pardon me, the money is properly siphoned now and filtered down and given to these teams. You cannot have it where a team in your league constantly is making two million more pounds a new day. And you're still ha- you're trying to have to fight and survive, yes, fight and survive. If you don't have the best players in the league, and you're still a small club. I understand that that is the nature of the beast, but they have literally no chance in berlin are winning. Yeah. yeah and and they don't seem to be that bothered to be further because they're just up and they're enjoying themselves that's that's besides the point, but they you look at that as a sporting context. they have literally no chance follow Fulham- well, no nobody has nobody has chance in in the Bundesliga like. It, oh yeah it, I'm just using that as an example oh I know I know I know what you're saying. this is why like I think lost in basically what happened at the weekend with the, the Super League was they lost the PR battle at a very early stage and there was no chance to make the there are some compelling arguments for the Super League right and I'm, I'm not saying the worst thing about Super League was those clubs decided they were the ones who deserved to be in there that was absolutely the worst thing because nobody has that right to make those decisions themselves but we said it on the podcast like there's nothing wrong with a a, a league where everybody gets an equal share of the pie. like that's what we should be absolutely aiming for in all our leagues and in fact I actually think that we should be looking at maybe an inverted structure whereby teams finishing because we don't have a draft system in European leagues the way we do in the US where you know bad teams get good because they can draft the best players out of college and that's how you have you know no no team in nearly 20 years has defended the Super Bowl for example you have rarely have teams who go back to back in the NBA you rarely have teams who go back to back in baseball all because bad teams are given the opportunity to get better. We don't have that in football. And people talk about this as if it's a good thing. Like, it's absolutely not a good thing that once every 10 years a new team wins the Premier League. Once every 10 years a team other than Juventus wins Serie A. Once every 10 years a team other than Bayern Munich wins the Bundesliga. Like, these are not good things. They're not competitive leagues. And they're really difficult to kind of defend in a lot of ways. But... Like, we need some sort of system whereby, like, and I, I'm not calling Arsenal a small team, they're by far as, they're far from a small team. But something needs to change about the structure of the Premier League, not just ownership, to give Arsenal a chance to be fighting for titles again. And I don't know what, like, I don't know how we go about that, but certainly Manchester City being able to win a league at a canter this year, challenge on four fronts at a, at a canter, to be fair, um, come very, very close in every competition they're in. Like they, you know, And they're going to lose their the best striker they've ever had at the club in Sergio Aguero this summer and be able to quite easily, with no punishment at all, replace him with at least one of the two best strikers in world football at the moment, and maybe both. Like... Yeah. In in what world is that fair? In what world is, does that create competition? It doesn't. And you know, I had someone you know that I work with who was arguing. Well, people have always had money. Like I remember Manchester United breaking the transfer record by signing <laughs> Raheem right for three and a half million pounds. Mm-hmm. There's a big difference between mm-hmm. that and paying Killian Mbappe three and a half million pounds a week to play for you. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Like it, yeah. it like so. Football, like, I, 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 and I say this as someone who won't quit, who won't stop watching it, Like, but it's fundamentally broken. And you know, for yeah. all the bad that came with the Super League, the idea of parity and that everyone gets the same slice of the pie, I absolutely think that is a really fair way of doing things. Like, like Why, why does the team who finished second get so much more money than the team who finished seventh in the Premier League? Why isn't that money divided evenly? Like, there's no difference between things. like Fair enough, the champions get an extra grand. I can completely understand that. But, like, everyone else is just... Like, the second place in the league is just the first loser. Everyone else is just losers. So, uh, like, it, to me, it makes no sense at all. Johnny, would you bring in a, a salary cap and a transfer cap?
1: I would well, have brought that in 10 years ago. Like, um, we all know, like, I usually... Would try and weigh Brandon about this type of stuff and it's nothing personal <laughs> against Brandon like it is absolutely nothing, he knows that like, it's just, I just don't like Chelsea for the reason that when Chelsea, when Abramovich came in, not ch- when Abramovich came into Chelsea he increased the price for everybody like wages, transfer fees and it bugs me the most because it all started with the Ashley Cole thing for me because Ashley Cole grew up an Arsenal supporter, living the dream, playing for that invincible team, like probably one of the best Arsenal teams ever and then had his head turned because Mourinho and Abramovich had a secret meeting with him and offered him a couple of grand more. And that's just what bugged me because they upped the price at the time and then City came in and just brought it to a whole new level. on PSG and whatever. like, But it's, it's nothing, you know, nothing personal. Like, I just fucking hate them. They're just fucking hate them. But uh, that's just why I don't like Chelsea and I just thought I'd get that out there now before <laughs> Brandon k- kills me. Um, but yeah, absolutely. Because... <laughs> like, Arsenal have been screwed over by UEFA as well in that in that respect because if they had have implemented FFP, Arsenal have designed their whole sustainability model and building the Emirates around the fact that everybody's going to be treated fairly and nobody can go out and spend over a hundred million on frigging Neymar. So Arsenal have been trying to live within their means, trying to do things right, whilst teams like City and frigging PSG have been going and taking a piss. And like, how can how can you how can you win titles like that? Do you know what I mean? It's it's also down to having per ownership, which we have. But at the same time, we we've been trying to live within our means and just we can't afford to pay the same wages as a city as PSG, like, you know, it's just unrealistic for a team like us because we just don't have the money because we haven't been that successful, we haven't been as successful as the other teams to get the big Champions League money and you know, win the league again for the money It all comes with that. And like let's be honest, a player like Kevin De Bruyne is not gonna want to come 10th place arsenal over pan city who are an absolute nothing club by the way you know they're just a load of shit with money and you know what you're gonna go it's like in real life like if you're gonna go to a job that's gonna offer you 10 grand more a year even though like that company might be a pile of twats and whatever like but you're gonna go like because the money's there and that's what it's all about like you know at the end of the day there's no loyalty, really, in football anymore. We've we've seen that even with our owners and things over the last couple of weeks. It's just um, something does need to change. But fundamentally, I think it's just all noise from you know UEFA and the likes for now. In a couple of weeks' time, it'll just be all back to the same thing. Like, I had to laugh at Gary Nettigar, and I think one of you lads actually pointed out as well, that he was all against the Super League, yet a few weeks before he was given off about not smaller national teams. Competing in was it the Euro qualifier or something like that, but yeah. it's just yeah, you know what I mean. Like it's, I don't know, it's it's just a load of shit. I was just like, it'll just go back to the same old bollocks, and in a couple of years' time, they'll try another sort of model of the Super League. They'll just they'll probably get their way eventually because that's just the way it is. Money talks.
0: I don't know if I would stick around as a Liverpool supporter if we went into the Super League. I just... I, and I understand. I do see the side where these owners have thought... Um, I think it was Stevie said last week where FSD would have been thinking, hang on, we've, we've backed FFP here now and now that we can't, we can't compete unless we go into a Super League. And and I do get that. And I know last week I, I went off for the one and I, and I was. Still, am quite annoyed at John Henry and, and his actions. But I do get... The thinking behind that—they just—it was an absolute PR disaster. It was like Finn and Teddy had done it, or Finn and Miles. Sorry, don't want to disrespect Teddy. He's, he's a genius already. It was like Finn and Miles, the two babies, had ran their PR campaign. It was a complete disaster from start to finish. Um,
1: but like, if you, if, you, if, you just have done things right though, and like, we I you, really, but really, like, you've sold we well have. and you've bought yeah. well.
0: We have. Um, they—they they have done well. They have done. They have done good things. FSG. They're not. By no means the worst owners in the world. Don't get me wrong, but they let their guard down. Not the guard; down, they, they let the the mass slipped massively last
1: weekend. Um, they, they all showed their hand. Really, it's done, and now they can't really go back on it by saying, "Oh, we're going to join a Super League in two years." Then they'll look like absolute decades again. If but they probably if, will
0: if football seriously, the people at the top, and they're not going to, but if. If they do not um, bring in the place, the likes of a salary cap or a wage cap, I mean they should not have let the Neymar deal go through in the first place. That as soon as that went through, the whole thing was caved. Yeah, as soon as that deal was done, the whole thing. And then don't get me wrong, we sold Coutinho, we got Van Dyke, we got Alice in the back of it. We won a league, won a European Cup, won a World Club Cup, whatever. After that, and, and that's been that's been great. Don't like whatever, but as soon as that happened that was the whole thing was just piped. Because when that transfer went through, that basically meant there's no rules here now. Mm-hmm. You buy who you want, you do who you want, you do what you want, if it's going to go to court, don't worry about it, we'll pay it off, we'll sort it. Then, I'm not to just continue to pick up Man City, the Man City court case
1: was a force. Oh, when they, when they yeah.
0: wrapped up with, I think like somebody pointed out, Simpson Ireland pointed out, I think it was and the Mr. Burns scene, you know, where he rocks up with forty lawyers. Mm-hmm. When they did that and he easily won through that case, that was another point where football was just getting further and further into the abyss. And, but Chelsea, and, got bond, and Chelsea got a ban,
1: didn't
0: Chelsea yeah. got a ban, yeah. But like um, I don't I can't remember
1: what it was for, but like be- Barcelona got
0: a bit for a bit as well. But like none of them were effective. No, so no, 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 no,
1: they were yeah. testing. Like.
0: Yeah. And you know what? This is gonna be weird. But you know when I hear someone say this is going to sound very weird from a Liverpool fan, when I hear media this people or journalists say Manchester United can't compete with that transfer, football's fucked. And that's Liverpool fans saying that when Manchester United cannot compete, we're we're in a bit of bother here because as painful as this is to say, they're one of the biggest clubs in the world. That shouldn't be the case. And. I'm using that as an example that, like, we're not professional fans here, Johnny. We know we're not in that scale. Of our owners are quite rich, don't get me wrong, but we we just know we're not going to be able to bust it and pay all this. So when things like that are said, you, you you really just take a step back and go, what is going on here? And the, now, the people in charge of football, actually like UEFA, UEFA, especially with their plan for uh, this new Champions League competition, and then the the twelve teams that broke away and and whatever. They have somehow give, given us the ball back, you know, as fans, as 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 uh, fans and, and match scores and whatever people going to the grounds and, and the smaller t- teams down the ladders of all and then on all the nations they've given us they had the ball away from us with their stupid transfer deals and include all our teams in this and and, and different things and and they're non bans and teams should have been banned they should have been heavily fined and now they've given the ball back and now it's our turn and we need to get the right people in place now it's a long process where we can start to build this and we can start to get football back. Because Mark Beatty, uh, who listens to the show and he's point, part of Points Media, he's just a poor down fan. Right? He, he, he went to study in Hulls, which we would have soft side for Hull, but he's just pour-down through and through. And I said to him, you know, like, what is it that you love about this that's different than the Premier League? And he just said, "I don't. It's, it sounds silly, but this to me is real football. This is the football you can go down and see in the park. There's no goal line technology. There's no VAR. There's no egotistical maniac billionaires. There is egos, but it's egos in a good way. It's like people just, you know, everyone in your class. Somebody thought they were the best in the class anyway. And it's things that can happen, and that's the way football is. And this at the top level, it's just so far into the best now. It's ridiculous. It's That'll absolutely obscene actually British are unreal. I'm sure the league of Ireland are unreal, but like Steve, like we, as you said, we absolutely love and adore American sport. I have currently baseball on in the background. I have a, an NBA podcast to listen to you later. Um, like you obviously wrote about it being Super Bowls. Like you love it, but it's ugh, this sounds silly. American sport is also American sport entertainment. Whereas I think football, stroke soccer. It's completely different. Does that make sense?
1: Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I think that's probably why you enjoy it so much because it's different from the thrill and the madness of the Premier League or English football or European football as a whole. Like American sports, is just it has it's a, it's unique in its own way because it's just it's there to be enjoyed and entertainment. Like you know, football can give you an absolute heart attack, but like you know, when when you watch American sports like the NBA, like it's thrilling, it's end to end, but you know, oh, sorry, mate.
0: Flipping. The last match
1: just came on. Um, <laughs> like I'm not, I'm not too bothered. Like who kind of really wins in the end with American sports because I'm not really that heavily invested in it. But with football, like there's just a different feeling there, and it's just, it's just unique in its own way. Like just, and there's just anything could happen in football. Like we've seen some crazy moments, teams beating, you know, smaller teams beating the big, big teams, and you're like, that could only happen in football. Like you know, and it's just. They're just two different worlds, I think, and I don't think, and I think the American owners and stuff and this Super League is just trying to make too much like that, and you're just going to kind of get bored of seeing the same sort of thing over and over again if you kind of get what I'm trying to say. Oh,
0: I get it, I get okay. it, but like something just feels so fundamentally broken. Like, here's a like a I don't expect you to know the answer, but I'd be very impressed if you did. Like, how much were Manchester City bought by by Sheikh Sheikh in two thousand and eight? Like the whole football club, was it just on, was it under a billion? It was a hundred and fifty million. It was oh my nothing God. because he took over from a, a you know a, a Tashkin Sinawatra who was going to jail in Thailand, so they were able to get it for next nothing. Like they can only afford to spend the money that they can and the wages that they can now because they bought the club for absolutely nothing. Like if you pay. Two billion, like Manchester United at the moment, are valued at somewhere between one and two two billion pounds. If you pay that, you can't afford. Even if you buy them, you can't afford to live in the, the Manchester City world of of transfers and wages. So, like something has to go in place, whether that is a, a transfer cap or a salary like salary caps. I'm kind of against because I think people should be in, entitled to earn whatever they're allowed yeah. to earn. Yeah, but I get that at the same time. Like, if you're going to play, pay a, a middle of the road pay, player or something that every other club in the league can only pay their top players, then, then football's broken. Like, it's just broken. And the only, only way of fixing that is by coming in and putting in these limits. But who, like, we know what Manchester City are going to do. And we know that the Premier League and the UEFA aren't strong enough to stand up to them. So it's just going to be the same old, same old. And I, I can, I don't want to say it, but I can't help but feel that we're going to arrive with a Syria Bundesliga position where it's the same team, six, seven, eight out of 10 years winning the league because nobody else can live with them. And that's a sad place to be because that's not the sport any of us grew falling. Even when Manchester United were at their most dominant, they were winning two titles every four years. You know, it wasn't as if they were dominating every year. Um, so I don't know. It's just, it's just weird to me that, that we'd let this situation happen. You said the other night, Steve, about Teddy. Does Teddy support Shamrock Rovers? He does. Uh, so does he not? follow an English team as much then? He wouldn't watch football on TV at all. He only likes to see it in person. Teddy is who should be ahead of in front of you. Teddy should be in charge. That's yeah. unreal. So even the other night, like, Bose were playing Rovers, like, on TV, and he watched, like, about 10-15 minutes of it, but he just kind of turned around to me and said, like, ah, it's not the same as being in the in the stand, is it? Like, And he's right. Like, he's absolutely right. Um... <laughs> And I think that's, what, that's, that's what's missing. Like, and I don't like do like the genie's out of the bottle. Like, do we do we ever get it back? I, I don't know if we do. Like, the only only chance we have is the fifty plus one. I think mean, that is the only chance we have. Um, oh. But I just think there's. I, I just think it's too late. I I think that needed to happen ten, fifteen, twenty years ago for us, for it to, to work. Um, and and people talk about it in the Bundesliga. It was not even working there. Like it's not even working there. So even that, even if if we if we do get brought into the Premier League, it may not have the effect that we hope it does. There, there needs if there's not going to be like a, a a salary cap, I get as well. I don't necessarily think that's a good idea. It's not really for on you know people. If there's money there, if people learn go get it. It's my opinion. You know what I mean. If, Um, if if they're good enough they'll get it but the transfer dealings uh there needs to be a serious look at it and they also need financial fair pay needs brought in properly you have to like whatever you whatever you uh spend you have to sort of was it seller type thing you know make your net spending back whatever it is i'm really not good with finance but well, there has to be a live within your... See if you say a means, and you'll get Man City Unless <laughs> they're billions and they'll be grand. But there has to be a certain way to broaden our caps. So if Man City want to spend £150 million this summer on, on Ireland, Holland. They have to sell 150 million. Yeah, exactly. Like this is, I mean, I mean? their, their deficit is 1.4 billion since Sheikh Mansour took over. Like, yeah. that's, that's not sustainable. And you yeah. this isn't great either. Like, I mean, Edward Ed right. Burton is like resigning statement, uh, meant to point that he'd spent almost a billion on players. Yeah, but most of them have been shite. Like, you know, just because they're spending money on players doesn't mean it's good. But this is the race they've been in. Like, they signed um, Sanchez to stop Man City signing him. And he was never going to suit the Man United system. Like, the way United played football, he, he, they bought him to stop City signing him. And when you're getting into those kind of games, that is just an absolute nonsense.
1: Like To be fair, that was probably the worst transfer deal for both clubs involved.
0: Oh, OK. And it made both clubs worse, which is a it's- remarkable achievement.
1: I absolutely. It. it was terrible, like uh absolutely it was just to spite United. Or sorry, not United, to spite City. Um uh, But then again, like Sanchez, like cause we I was used to watching him every week. That season he came back, he just wasn't the same player. He kind of was, you know, half a yard off what he was before. So you know, I wasn't really too bothered he went. And I think even if he went to City, like yeah, he would have One things like, but I don't think he would have been the Sanchez of, you know, twenty sixteen, who was banging in the goals. So like, I think no matter where he ended up, there he won't like even seen it. He can't even go for Inter Milan now. So like, you know, I think it was just it was just a terrible transfer. You're right, it was just awful, and the money spent on him as well and wages.
0: Steve, you mentioned woodward there, and I'm going to tie in a couple of things here to get through the the serious part of this podcast before. All hell is about to break loose, uh, folks, on this podcast this evening. Um, it came out at the weekend, uh, like you said it would, uh, that there's dealings going on in the background. Something that's happening in the background. And it came out, uh, obviously, that uh, Ed Woodward had had a secret meeting with uh, one of the Tory advisors, who's a lifelong Manchester United fan. <laughs> Uh, last Wednesday, and the meeting supposedly was not at all about the Super League, no, no, no mention of it at all, nothing, it was just about getting fans back in, you know, no, we we were there for you, getting new fans back in, um, what did you make of all this coming out, and also, boys as well, what do we make of Dublin losing the games for the Euros, and, now, Russia getting them, No. I'm not here to poke fingers or talk about conspiracy or anything, but, Something stinky stinks. <laughs> Not just Russia, Saint Petersburg, which is the headquarters of Gazprom, which is fucking <laughs> the dumbest, <family's laughs> company. Like, I, I don't want paint of Gazprom no. right now. Yeah, I would murder a point. I'm on. I'm on my third pint of uh, of Gazprom as we speak. But like, yeah, like this whole thing. Like I said it last week, and I'm convinced. What happened was that the twelve clubs that were leading it, and I think we can all agree that. Perez, Agonelli, the Glazers, and FSG were kind of, and Cronky were at the forefront of this. I think they were the kind of five that were were leading on for different reasons. Like, Juventus and Real Madrid need the cash, and the three American owners of Premier League clubs were like, do you know what, I am sick of, of... UEFA not implementing the the rules by which we bought these clubs and why you know we only bought them because we thought that these clu- these rules would be in place. So I think they are our five ring leaders. I think they got a the commitment to the twelve and this this shit about oh well Man City and and Chelsea felt bullied into it. Lads, put on your fucking big boy pants. Like you're billionaire. Like you, you take hard business decisions every single day. No one bullies you into anything, right? So they went in with their eyes open. Where the rats come into this are fucking PSD. Absolutely PSG. Like, this whole thing, this whole thing is an absolute con job from the owners of Paris Saint-Germain, the people, the same people who own the B-In Sports Group, to give themselves more power in European football. Because they sat there, they sat in every single meeting of the Super League, knowing they would never sign up to it. A- because they're still white are sports watching the uh, the World Cup in Qatar, and B because they just handed a, like billions of euro to the UEFA for Champions League rights. Like how the other clubs didn't realize this was going on. Like like just goes to show the gobshites that are in charge of our football club, football teams. Like that no one suspected this, but like PSG. Like you know this year the Rebecca, Rebecca Vardy Twitter or Instagram account of the European Super League <laughs> they absolutely are because this is where it all comes back to so like I just like they have played all 12 teams and they are the ones like I don't get the praise that Chelsea are getting like because because Vladimir Putin told Roman Abramovich not to or to pull out he decided like how, why is he getting praise for that like fuck that Fuck Man City for getting praise, like, for for pulling out at the last minute. Like, all of it is a nonsense. And then Boris Johnson. Like, who would have known that Boris Johnson lied? Like, what an absolute stunning revelation. Like, um, on one hand... He meets with Edward Ed Ward. He, or his, sorry, his, his, his chief of staff meets with Edward Ed Ward. He happens apparently to meet Edward Ward in the corridor of Number Ten. Like, what are the chances? Um, agree.
1: Yeah,
0: oh, pure, pure coincidence. Tells him that Super League can go ahead. He'll back it. And then, as soon as he senses public opinion might be going the other way, comes out and says, "No, we can't have this. We're going to bring in fifty plus one." I can tell you right now, the Tory fucking government will do nothing they will do absolutely nothing to improve football for anyone um, and yeah, so look everyone look- like everyone comes out with this looking badly like and Manchester City or Man- not Manchester City Leeds uh, West Ham United Aston Villa every single one of these clubs on their high horse absolutely every single one of them to a team would have joined the European Super League if, if they had not been asked, but you know what? They're small clubs, and that's why they didn't get asked in the first place.
1: Drop <laughs> <laughs> um, grenade there, <laughs> <laughs> holy, holy ghost! <laughs> <God>. um,
0: <laughs> I see, see the high horse FCS like West Ham. I know Johnny Senior, John, my my dearest now uncle by ma- great uncle by my ma- uncle by marriage, um, your father uh, is a West Ham fan. But they can get into the fucking sea, as far as I'm concerned. Karen Brady championed for the season to be null and voided last year, so she could save her hole and her two mates, because she knew the West Ham were in big danger at the time of getting relegated, and she wanted to save face. Last mm-hmm. so Karen Brady championed, championed, championed it, and, and, and laughed and all about it, and whatever, and they didn't give a shit about potentially Liverpool winning the league, they didn't care. And that's me being selfish as a Liverpool fan, but they didn't care one bit. No one so they could see themselves, not because they were worried and, and everything was going on and this isn't right and COVID and everything, because they could see themselves. So apparently she wrote an article in the Rag um, this weekend, typical, uh, about um, how these teams, you know, should be severely punished. And I, I understand if they want to punish these teams fair enough, punish them, we get what you sold like um, mm-hmm. from our owners, and we'll take our licks. But her asking for this is just absolute nonsense. And it's again, who benefits uh, yeah. if if the likes of Man City, Manchester United, and Chelsea say are the top four? Who benefits if they don't aren't allowed to play in Europe next year? And the teams blow do. Well we're, not, well,
1: we're not. But we're not playing Europe, Europe anyway, so I don't really give a shit. <laughs> take it off It'll if you well. with, Yeah.
0: So it's, it's, yeah, it's but like, um, even look at the ownership, right? Like, West Ham are owned by people who make their money from nude magazines. Like, are we going to take left and ownership <laughs> from them? Leeds United. they no brothers. Well, no, but just in the last. <laughs> In years Leeds United have gone into administration because they spent way more money than they were earning to try and get to the Champions League and now they're owned by a hedge fund and the San Francisco 49ers they're not exactly the people's club Everton have been broke for as long as you know I've been following football because they have no idea how man, how to manage their money at all like who are these teams to lecture other teams on ownership Like, I'm not saying that the people who own Manchester United and Manchester City are perfect but if we were to look at Every single team in the Premier League, you, almost to a, to a team, you would find issues with them all. Um, and I've even forgotten there about Leeds, uh, having an owner who was, you know, multiple times convicted, convicted of fraud in there. Like, and they're the ones who are coming out the strongest talking about, like, we need to have proper rules about ownership. So, like, it's just, like, as much as I hate the idea of the Super League, I hate hypocrisy more than anything else, as you can probably tell from the last five minutes.
1: It was Word of the Week. Yeah,
0: like, it's, it, it, it's been everywhere. It's been everywhere. And, like, at least, at least, and I'm looking at him now, and that's why it's making me think of it, Jamie Carriger had decency to acknowledge that Sky coming out against the Super League was hip, hypocritical. Like, at least somebody in there had the sense to go, hang on, Maybe Sky are against this because it's going to ruin Rupert Murdoch's business model. Um, and BT Sport the same, like all, like Gary Lineker. There's a fucking reason Gary Lineker was so anti-against it, because they have a job if the Champions League is West Ham versus Shamrock Rovers on a Wednesday night, you know? Um,
1: Gary Neville as well.
0: Gary yeah. Neville too, yeah. Like it, yeah. all the, Like, I wish, I wish people... Like, do you know what, like, and this is a broader point, right, I am always, and maybe it's because I was a journalist, and I used to be fairly obvious about, like, you know, if I was writing about football, everyone knew I was a Man United fan, if I was writing about the NFL, everyone knew I was an Open Raiders fan, and I always held that, like, I wasn't trying to hide it or anything like that, like, I was having a conversation with someone about uh, an article during the week, and... That that person was defending the article, and even though it was the biggest steaming pile of shit I've read in a long time, and I couldn't figure out that why this normally sound person was like defending this absolute rubbish that I was reading, and I subsequently found out in a WhatsApp conversation separately that their best mate's dad is the person who wrote the article. Like declare that. Like tell me that. Tell me that's the reason you're defending your article. And, and the same with Harry Neville and, yeah. and Harry Lineker and all these people like tell me why you're saying this like Leeds are saying this because well actually we're raging that we weren't asked to do it you know um, I have so much respect for those three football clubs they just went we weren't asked we just hope we should kick into the sea I'd be behind them yeah, actually, fair enough. I actually enjoy this. If you're gonna be like, up oh, instead of coming out and saying you're a disgrace in all the football, and you because no one believes them either. like, it's just, it's just st- If it, if it's League One and League Two clubs, are we going? Ah, fair enough, lads. Actually, yes, yeah. I believe that. Yeah. But the fact that it's Leeds, West Ham, and Everton, you're just thinking, no, 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 nope. no, no. You're talking nonsense. You're just raging. You weren't included. And if this, if there had been. Sh- Super duper league where the 20 current Premier League clubs were all invited. Every si- single one of the Bastards would have signed up. Every single yeah. one of them would have signed up. And went, yeah, hang on. Don't we get on that? Get more money. Thank you. Off a go. Ask me to the uh, uh, League United, they all signed up for the Premier League, which was, as we said last week, was the equivalent to the Breakaway Super League, you know, 30 mm-hmm. years ago. They all signed up to that, at, and they didn't give a shite about the history of football, the history of Division One, the history of the Football League, because they saw it as an opportunity to print more money. League United will go down in history as the last ever winners of the old football, the real old First Division, mm-hmm. um, like. They were they were the defending champions, and they decided they weren't going to defend that title for money, for Sky Sports and Rupert Murdoch's money, and for that club, that club to come out lecturing others in ownership and what's right about football, get the absolute fuck.
1: <laughs> I sense you don't like Leeds very much, I, not just um, because you're a money United fan, but just no, just it's, just like more
0: than that. It, it's more than that. It's it's more than that. It's it, they, it. Do you know? Do you know the way? Like if you if you bring a dog out for a walk and an, there's a small dog and a big dog and the small dog barks and barks and, barks and makes shapes and makes shapes. That's leads. Like they're, they they <laughs> they have an oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, gosh. Um, right. Let's descend the podcast into a bit of chaos to finish off with more chaos. Uh, more chaos. Um, so a couple of. Couple of things. Let's get into it. Who, and we'll all go, Johnny, you can go first. Who is the biggest, and before we start this, by the way, don't take offence to this, anyone's listened to it. It's a bit of crack, alright? If you take offence to this, fucking give your head a wobble. Who I is, know everything I'm about to say, so do take offence to what I have to say.
1: Who's <laughs> 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 the biggest
0: diver? And we'll count that as a cheater in football, then.
1: Sorry, Keen, without a fucking doubt, <laughs> without a fucking doubt. And um, even Dave yesterday, fucking absolute scumbag. I can't stand him. I'm glad he's fuck all.
0: <sighs> Good luck editing that, Breton Um, Steven. <laughs> go. <sighs> so the question I asked on my Twitter feed today was: Who is the first person? Who's the first player you think of? When you, when you hear the words diving cheat. And I think people took this as historical because people kept going for players who are now retired. Uh, there was a lot a of, long yeah, there was a lot of Jurgen Klindemann. Uh, there was a lot of Didier Drogba. There was a lot of Robert Perez. And like, you know, Perez is a great shout because Perez perfected the dive where you stick your leg back and make contact to make it look like a foul. I think I would, I haven't looked at the tape, but I would imagine Robert. Perez wouldn't have won a single penalty if VAR existed because it would see him putting his leg back to to, to kind of to, to, to force the contact. So that was a great. I show. don't
1: know what you are talking about.
0: <laughs> Look, you think that Robert Perez dived once in his entire? He team. did. And it was against
1: Portsmouth, and that was it. Yeah, that was the only time. To be fair, that was. Um, <laughs> that was, it was actually shocking that day. That was a pretty
0: bad one. But look, you have to blame the referees who fall for this stuff, you know, as well. So um, for me, and I hate I hate to say this, and it's killing me to say it, the worst diver I have ever seen is Ashley Young in a Man United jersey. He was pathetic. He was absolutely pathetic. Um, like, people talk about Bruno Fernandes as being a diver, and I honestly, and it's not just... Um, it's not just like fandom I don't see front or, he had that one <laughs> he had that one penalty against Aston Villa uh, just like a long period but that wasn't on him that was the referee made that mistake not Fernandez, right he's just a very light man he doesn't have much bulk about him he's so he's easy to knock over uh, whereas someone like Mane like big chap he shouldn't be going down as easy as he goes down. So, like, you know... But for me, Ashley was the worst player I've ever seen in football. That is not... That is not named Neymar. But I hate Neymar for so many other reasons that diving right. comes in the list. You see, I was torn with this because I have so much respect for someone that cheats and wins a game. I just... There's a part of me that just is a little bastard. So, like, for instance... If Finn starts football in two or three years' time, and I see him diving to win a penalty, I'll weep with tears of joy at that time. <laughs> I'll be so proud of him. If he punches the ball into the net like Maradona and wins the game, I'll literally get it tattooed in my back. So
1: I was he really proud of it.
0: Yeah, I really <laughs> did. well, under four football. If we got B A R under four football, sir, I am deaf there's something seriously wrong. So I I was really torn with so who is it and. And you said what's the first person that came into when you thought of a dive or or a cheat or whatever. And mine was Sir Alex Ferguson. What? Because anyone what? anyone that anyone that played for him was a cheating bastard. That's what I thought of it when you said this, Stephen. It's just my my it was just natural to me to it's, I swear, that that's, that's that's the honest answer. I'm being wrong. this sounds mad. It is a silly answer. This is, when you said the first person came into your head, the first thing that came into my head was Fergie and David And someone well, Diven to win a game. Even though, like, I'm trying to think of an example. Ruud van Arsenal.
1: Arsenal's game against them in 2004, wasn't it? Yeah, 2004. was an absolute farce. And there's a nine-minute video clip that shows you exactly <laughs> how United <laughs> fucking cheated their way to fucking ruin an arm-baiting record. Them dirty
0: rotten bastards. I'm sorry, Phil. I'm sorry, I just took away from your conversation but there. But as soon as I, you mentioned his name, but do you see, if I was a Manchester United fan, that game and doing that, would I would have that framed. <laughs> do you know of course, I mean? the frame is, is.
1: shitheads.
0: I think uh, the art of diving, the art of deceiving uh, your opponent, and then now I haven't deceived cameras. Well, they're, they're broken anyway. Is a skill,
1: yeah. So I was like,
0: well, mean, you you've done exceptionally well, yeah. You're for, but I, th- I do think, I think an underrated diver, a very good one, is Jimmy Vardy. I think he's a very, very good one, especially at winning fouls and when he's not necessarily fouled that much. I think he's very, very good at it. And I tip my hat off to him, but it, it, he's I in that honest group of, of making the contact look as if it was initiated by someone yeah. else, yeah. But yeah, he's, but he's I do think. Now this is going to sense. Harry Kane has an issue. Uh, I think he's getting he's got a he's got a name for himself now because he does go down far too easily, and he doesn't even make it look like the you know contact or whatever, like Perez or party or whatever you want to say. Um, it, it's sort of it's blatant now, and there is a, there is a cheat or a dive inside to him, which again. I mean, if you're an English fan and he wins you a penalty at the Euros this summer and it wins you, you don't care. Same thing if you're a Spurs fan and they eventually win a trophy in our lifetime um, after the 99 League Cup, or whatever, you know, you, they won't care. Do you know what I mean? So I th- I thought it was interesting the amount of different answers. Somebody had mentioned Drogba, um, which is an excellent one. He was another g- a great diver. I don't how much Drogba cheat, to be honest. Like yeah. Do you know what? Drago to me is one of—he's not underrated to Chelsea fans, but I actually think he was incredibly underrated as a player. And part of his game was the size of the man, the ability to make it look if like he was killed every single time someone touched him. Yeah, like <laughs> that yeah. is an incredible ability to have. Um, but I—I I, I completely agree with you, Phil. I like, like, I don't. What? Here's the thing. I like. I like. I like someone who can convince a referee that they've been failed, right? What I don't like is the rolling in pain as if they've been shot and then they jump up a second later as if, you know, oh, this is an absolute miracle. Like it's fucking road to Damascus. Um, <laughs> but I just, so it's, it's a tough one for me because the faking injuries is, is absolutely like, I just, I don't like that at all, but they they going down with the exasperated cry. I'm all, I'm all for it, because, like, how many times have we seen players stay on their feet and then and lose a goal-scoring opportunity when they should have absolutely fucking hit the deck? Like, I'd be roaring at the TV or in the stands, roaring at the player. Like, go down. Like, that's what you're supposed to do. Like, referees want to give you a penalty. Like, they, in this day and age, referees absolutely want to give you a penalty. So make the most of it, but just don't go... Make most of the contact, but don't go rolling around the place as if you've been shot by a sniper in Dream Team, because like that stuff is just—it's not for me. Like that's too far. I see Kane as well, like, and I know it's not a popular opinion on this podcast, right? But I don't see him as a diver. That's not how I saw Kane for me. The issue is that that backing in thing he does to players that's going to hurt the player. Yeah. That's crazy. That, that any other any other person that's not an England international would absolutely get booked for. So that's my issue with Kane and it is that like that's as much cheating as as diving is. Um but yeah, like right now I think like diving in an age of var is is a skill that I'm not saying we should encourage but <laughs> it would be admired I, I think it should be admired, but like I think Chelsea are getting away lightly here. I, I know we mentioned Drogba, and this is not just for Brendan because he's not here to defend them, like or whatever, right? <laughs> but like there's a there's actually Cole, like one of the you know he he wasn't. I would never associate with him with diving when he was at Arsenal, but I would absolutely would. Um with Chelsea so like they're not they're not immune to it at all like um Diego Costa as well yeah Diego, oh, Diego Costa for a man who, who sold himself as a hard man like you know I like yeah no not not a team who I should be getting a free pass I think on this podcast at all
1: so I was good at it. no
0: Salah oh, is probably the best thing Salah does, um, because he's certainly not as striker as Michael Owen told us today. So. Oh, oh dear.
1: People love, and I'm not saying this because Paddy doesn't really, but people love to hate Salah, like outside of Liverpool family. They love to hate him.
0: Do you think that's because a lot of people see him as a Chelsea player first and a Liverpool player second?
1: Mm, sometimes they I actually forget the he played for Chelsea.
0: Yeah, I think... I think um, it's all to do with the fact that he plays for Liverpool and because of the pedestal we have him on as a fan base. And unfortunately, like this is gonna, apart from Paddy and his two brothers, <laughs> uh, this is going to be probably controversial in a way where we should probably have a involved, but I do think there's a massive element of racism as well behind some of the stuff uh, Salah would get. Um, unfortunately. Do
1: you think, do this,
0: think? Well, no. I like. I'm not denying that racism absolutely colours, and that's an unfortunate turn of phrase. Um, a lot of the debate on certain players, like we know, for example, that like Paul Pogba is the perfect example of a player yeah. who get much more criticism than he would if he was white. Um, but I think. I've had this discussion with Man United fans before, and it was like, "You don't," and they're saying, "No, it's it's the transfer fee, it's the way he carries himself on," and I'm like, "I don't think that's it at all. I think there's a there's an unconscious bias there against certain players for some fans, um, that absolutely exists. And I think you're probably I, I, it's something I've never really considered for Salah because I don't think Mane gets that kind of grief. At all. I think Mane gets a lot more grief from Liverpool fans than he gets from other fans. Um, but for me, Salah's problem is that he creates so many chances almost for himself that of, co- of course he can't score them all. Like he just can't. And it, it's it's the Andy Cole problem of, you, you know, you create nine chances a game and you might score one or two. And that's But Andy Cole used to for United at his peak. And everyone said, oh, he's shit, like he doesn't convert enough of his chances. And you're like, if I have a striker who's creating nine chances, or eight, eight or nine chances a game, I'm delighted with that. Yeah. He should be, yeah, of course he should be scoring more if he's creating that many, but like, it's one of those things where, as much as Paddy, as much as I'd love to take like Paddy's side in this debate and and slag and, and Salah or, or underrate him, I think the fact that his worst Premier League season for Liverpool is 19 goals in the Premier League, and that's better than Michael Owen's best season for Liverpool, kind of speaks volumes of where Michael Owen's uh, stance in this conversation should be placed. Michael Owen is
1: the biggest shit talker I've ever came across in my life, football, and that's including Jamie <laughs> Jean I
0: knew, I knew there'd be a Tottenham player reference there at some point in that statement. When Owen <laughs> talks about when he's analysing pure forward play, just forward play, positioning, he's excellent. He's brilliant at it, and it gives you an insight and it's class. But when he opens his mouth to everything anything else, he talks wham. Yeah. unfortunately for him. <laughs> and I think this comment that he has made, this comment that he's made here about Salah not being a natural finisher, um, if you are scoring what you just said, Steve, that record, how can you not be? Yeah, Do you know what I
1: mean? but, but this like, is skewed well, because a natural because finisher. Like, this is, a this weird. is all skewed
0: because yeah. Messi and Ronaldo have scored fifty, sixty goals a season for five seasons yeah. or whatever yeah. it is in a row. Yeah. It, that, and that's the like, like there are so few natural finishers. Like, in my lifetime as a Manchester United fan, there's been one. There's been one in all the years they've had, like, finishers. Right On Yeah. Mm-hmm. He's the
1: yeah. only
0: one who I would say every time he touches. Greenwood's up there, like, and I know he's very young, and I know he hasn't had a great season this year, but I'm absolutely convinced. Like, last year... Uh, Greenwood's expect and I hate fucking expected goals right but his expected goals per game was like two and I think he, in terms of games he started and I think he was averaging one in every game he started that's not a bad record at all and he's a type of player who's scoring both feet he does look like a natural finisher but like I can honestly say hand on heart like nobody has come close to Man Percy in all the football I've watched from Man United um, Torres Why, who, why you imagine
1: him? Why don't don't talk about him? That's
0: Sorry. shade. <laughs> Going ahead of Torres. I like Torres. I think Torres is, is someone who I would see as a natural finisher. But again, he still needed like five chances a game to score a goal. Mm. Except when he yeah. was against the Mania Vidic when like one chance would be enough. Unfortunately, <laughs> <laughs> he turned one of the best defenders United have ever had into me playing five side But. <laughs> Like, so, I just, like, there's, like, this, this debate about, like, Michael Owen himself wasn't a natural finisher. Do you know what I mean? Like, he scored at a fairly prolific rate, but not that prolific as we've just seen. Like, I mean, his, his rate in the league, in the league just wasn't at a standard that we expect today. And you're right, like, Messi and Ronaldo absolutely, like, blind us to what a good striker striking return is in a season because they put up video game numbers um, and, like, there's very, very few players who can aspire to that. Yeah, I
1: think they're just freaks of nature, to be quite honest. Like, yeah. Honestly. I don't know if we'll have... Not even Mbappe. Like, Mbappe is just... He's Alan. frightened. Yeah. There. Haaland,
0: I think Holland is up there. Yeah, I think, but he's playing in the Farmers League, so as, as people
1: oh, like God. to say. So, I'm I'd cool. like to see. Brimwell's actually done alright this year, Steve. I think he's got like, is it 14 goals or something? Yeah, yeah.
0: he's a thing. He's had a bad season. He's got 14 goals from the right wing, like, and he's been oh. better since, cause Solskjaer was playing him on the left for most of the start of the season. He's a much better player coming in from the right, cause I think his strong foot is his left foot. Like, there's a touch of the Iron Robin about him in the sense that you kinda know what he's gonna do. But like if you do it, like as Robin showed, if you can do it well, it doesn't matter if they know it's coming. It's still going to the ball is still going to hit the back of the net. Like so. Yeah. Just a couple of things on Andy Cole. Yes. If Terry Venables had started him at Euro '96, I think England would have won Euro '96. Correct. Him and and Shearer, you have Shearer as an option to come on. Shireen I him actually, too I'm going to argue that him and Shearer would have been a better option than him and Shearer because of. Well, no. What we like, we know that him and Cheryem, even though they didn't particularly like each other, um, were had a brilliant understanding on the football field. Yeah, that's what you want at an international level. Level is a big man and a little man, and them two working together. Uh, like England not winning your 'ninety six for, I think that is in terms of disappointments as as uh, I I can't think of another host nation who would be more disappointed at not winning their tournament than England at Euro 96 because they had everything lined up for them to do it um and but the thing about Shearer was he was good in his club side on his own where he was the main man and as it's, it's what we see all the time it's it's when you go from being the absolute Best in your club team to like it's 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 right now it's the Jack Grealish conundrum, right? Jack Grealish is by far and away the best player Aston Villa have. I don't think he's going to work for England, I don't think he's going to work for whatever big club he actually moves to because he thrives on being a big fish in a smaller pond, and I think that's going to be England's struggle. They've they've a few players like that, they've um and Hopefully, it means that they get knocked out on penalties in the semi final and in the Euro. <laughs> I think that's the perfect result for everyone. So
1: I don't even want them to go that far. I,
0: out is like, you know.
1: I think they're kind um, of like, like the, the, their players get hyped up so much because over here, obviously, it's the Premier League. They're going to focus on English players. But I think the English media are kind of arrogant in the way that they ignore the fact that all these other international teams have some fantastic players. and. England really like they're starting guys like Eric Dyer
0: and, and like really <laughs> yeah I'm not, not having to them. I
1: just don't rate Eric Dyer at all but like, it's it, it's even like you know they're really hyping up British Grealish, and British fantastic don't get me wrong James Madison they're all great players but you know you, you look at what some other countries have and you're like well we'll see what you're like when you play these guys
0: do not find this, like they are all great players but do not find they're all the same player. Like Madison, know, all Golden Greenish, they're all the same player. Like like none of them offer anything different. Greenwood does, Rashford does. Like there's very few of them on. Sancho Sancho. Feature like, Monnier players
1: too. Yeah, well there you go. <laughs> but no, but it, it, it's,
0: it's it's like it's it's Gerard and Lampard on steroids. Like like it, that's what it is. Like it's it's trying to fit six players into the one position. Um, and I think that's going to be like uh, this is probably a completely different podcast discussion, but I think England's best eleven is very different than England's best starting eleven, if that makes sense. Yeah. Their best individual eleven players are so different than their best starting eleven. Um, how did we even get onto this? What what nonsense did I kind of spread out? Said, first? I said about Andy Cole would have won. <laughs> oh, that was it, Andy Cole. Your fault, mate. Yeah, well, but yeah, all <laughs> get the Phil Foden. Did you notice he was a little bit quieter with eight thousand people in the stands at the weekend, which subscribes to my theory that he's going to absolutely shit his togs when stadiums are full again. <laughs> so I, yeah,
1: I, oh I goes,
0: not that bully. We're gonna go on that in in two seconds, but on the pod, this is the way I want this to be, and no listeners, you're listening to this now. But. Just to go off in random tangents. And we've been inspired by some of your uh, comments away from the pod over the weekend about it. So thanks for continuing to listen and hopefully you'll enjoy more of the chaos. Now, Wembley yesterday, as you said, Stephen, and you said you enjoyed it. Johnny, 8,000 fans were in. Um, I had it in the radio because I love radio coverage of sport, especially when I know there's a crowd. And to be fair, I know I'm going to send like a company man here, but BBC did it really well. They did it really well, the radio coverage, and um, I thought... Uh, the the sound producer was on form, how she got um, uh, the the crowd noise and, and the whole effect of the, the, the ground and everything. And, and you could actually feel an atmosphere coming through the radio, which was class. So what did you make of that? The fact that there were fans back. And then obviously Man City have won yet again um, a League Cup. Somebody at Sky, I think it said it was a record fourth. I league cup in a row, but it's not. It's cause it's a joint one. Because actually, Liverpool have done it, but missing here or there. Um, what did you make of it yesterday, Johnny? What did you make of Man City beating your beloved Tottenham Hotspur? Oh,
1: well, I'm sure. Uh, I'm sure Man City were delighted to get all their fans in the stadium. It was a big thing for them. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> I was a wee bit nervous. I'm not going to lie, because City were missing so many chances, and I was like. Toddler were going to get one of them lucky breaks and score, but thankfully they didn't. The tears were delicious and um, I had a great time. Um, I had chatted with my Spurs mate last night and I don't think I've ever spoke to him when he's been so deflated. And it filled me with so much joy. It was great. I really, really enjoyed his misery. <laughs> but uh, yeah, it was, it was just, it was just a great Sunday, I'm not going to lie to
0: you. <laughs> Steve, what did you make of it? it was it was interesting to see fans back, um and I thought they did actually those eight thousand fans made better noise than any fake crowd noise I've heard in the last year, and if I never hear fake crowd noise again, it will be too soon um
1: but yeah, no it was
0: it's a weird it's a weird thing that pep Guardiola takes the league Cup so seriously. Um, because he does he absolutely wants to win it which to me is so strange because the league cup you should be putting out your tiny trees it's an absolute mickey mouse competition and like i mean there's no like we had this discussion about like major titles a few years or a few weeks ago we didn't even include the fa cup never mind the league cup uh, uh, as a title um I would love, I think this is a bigger discussion maybe, but I would love to see the League Cup being something that was only contested between Football League clubs and that the Premier League teams weren't in anymore. And then I think I would be much more interested. City, I thought they were, they were grand. Uh, They, I, 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 like, I, I I honestly thought that Spurs were going to somehow sneak a win. Um, but there was something quite, Nice about Laporte being the the one who <laughs> came up with the winner, considering he, he maybe shouldn't have been on the field. And I see the argument that like, oh well, if he would have been booked for the first tackle, he wouldn't have made the second tackle. But he's also a fucking idiot, so he might have. Um, <laughs> so yeah, that was kind of like the the Spurs fans on my time. And like, look, I I have this, I have friends who are Spurs fans, but I do, and like they they're so. None of them, none of them, not a single Spurs fan I know, went into yesterday actually thinking they could win, um, and that's a pretty pathetic place to be as a football fan, um. So I don't know, like the the, the existence of Spurs fans must be just so surreal that like <laughs> you just. You just trot along and you're this kind of entity that exists and there's no joy and there's no sadness. There's nothing. It's just a constant state of meh. Like, and that's what yesterday felt like. It never ever felt like Spurs were going to win the game. And and like, I'm going to be honest, like it absolutely pissed me off that a 29 year old was managing them. Um, because that's significantly younger than I am. Um, (laughs) like, for example, when I was in college, Ryan Mason was, like, still in primary school. So, you know, it makes me... look so were we. Yeah, it makes me feel pretty... Fuck you, Phil. Um, <laughs> no, like, in a, like yeah, but look, at least Jose wasn't there. Um, As much as I would have loved his losing interview, um, at least I didn't have to look at his face anymore. So that was the best thing to come out of it, I think. Yeah, it was... We were robbed. Of that we we're robbed of um, Jose's uh, absolute sour bake at the end of it. Um, and, and we should actually mention next week we might just talk about well, really whether or not we think he's finished and go into a little bit more detail. Um, but yeah,
1: it, was, I and, heard it uh, was financial reasons, Phil. That's something to do with if Levy kept Jose for another. If he kept him for the final or something, he would have to pay him extra on top of what he did have to pay him for leaving.
0: Yeah, I, I think he would have earned extra, extra <laughs> if they won <laughs> more, wouldn't he? Yeah. I think I think he would have earned extra if they had have won. Yeah. I think he had a clause if he won them a trophy. I think he would have earned a decent boost, with- which whether you whether you like Jose Mourinho or not, that sort of ties into what we talked about with football being on its, on its arse where you have set yourself up um, to actually financially uh, shite yourself, so you have to sack someone because they've won your team an actual trophy, which you haven't won yet as an owner. Like, that's... I mean, if that was the case, that that shouldn't... That should just be stopped right away. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And don't get me wrong, if, if, if people should get uh, incentives and bonuses, so if Jose wins it, yes, he should be looked after but it doesn't get shouldn't get to the point where you're thinking oh, I can't be Bob Penham and actually 3-4 four minutes so I'm going to hoof him out the week of the final that's wrong that's that's like that's really wrong it needs to stop but like on that and a different sport because uh, people were talking about financial fair play and just to highlight it I saw a stat today which made me giggle out loud so if anyone's in the F1 Timmy Raikkonen had signed for Lotus and then part of his deal he said with Lotus I won fifty thousand Euros for every point I get in this championship this season and I noticed at the tanks two thousand twelve um weren't that great. So they were like, Okay, we'll give you it. He got three hundred and eighty points and he almost bankrupted. Him. Holy shit. <laughs> like like <laughs> It's like, no, word word I word word I word word. Word. cars in real life, so they in the <laughs> 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 I saw that, because we were also talking about finance, football and finance and professional sport and how mad it is. I saw it earlier and I genuinely started laughing at my phone. I was like, that's brilliant, that, that, like, showed up your ass, Lotus, so basically, from Kimmy So, uh, things like that, but that's just a, uh, just a tall about fans and different sport and highlight how, like, how wrong things are, but yeah, I thought that was quite nice, but the city thing and the, and the Guardiola thing and the League Cup, well Paisley did this too. He went through a phase where he won three in a row and really, really um like sort of focused on it. He could never win the FA Cup. Paisley as well go along, but I he means they're alright, the wrestling thing. Um so he went through that and it is like a sort of thing where Guardiola has maybe stamped get this one, get it one early. Yeah, and then that gives the team a lift and we will go again. Because th- we have to remember, the League Cup final is always on, and usually February time, end mm-hmm. of February. So there's probably that thinking in it. Um, and, I mean, for City now, the league's wrapped up. It's all about this week and against PSG. It could still do uh, like a, a Joe Fagan treble. Which it's isn't. Problem. Problem. I mean, you, you don't to use it. the keyword in relation to that. It's not because it's. Um, I like we'll call him fucking parting Wexford. We'll call it the Joe Fagan special, and you could do a Joe Fagan, which is still some feat. It's not. Um, no feat but, at all. No, listen, but then you look at obviously the city team and the finance behind it. Now they've been mal- aligned, and it's city fans won't hate us, but you're just thinking. Nah It's, it's not, not that no, many league. In many reasons, No, sorry. no, no all, all seriousness Right And this is not just Because I'm a Man United fan And not just because I'm a contrarian bollocks Right But do you, know why the, do you know Why the treble Was so Important And do you know Why it was such an achievement Because A A Nobody else Has ever done it B mm-hmm. United wrapped up The league one week Had to win an FA Cup final The next week And then had to win A Champions League final The following week That's not what Man City are doing Man you have the title won since December. They, they've obviously been knocked out of the FA Cup. They had Spurs in the League Cup final, for fuck's sake. Um, <laughs> yes! Yes! Like, I mean, that's not a challenge either. So, like, it's not the same thing. It's absolutely not the same thing. No, it's not the same thing, but it's still a good thing, I think. Uh, it's not a good thing for one team to be that dominant either. And look, there's no good teams left mm. in the Champions League. That's the problem this year. So, it's like mm. picking picking Ooh, the best of bad around. Well, no, it's as in good as in good versus evil rather than good versus bad. Um, and so, I is the FA
1: Cup like I know we've talked about the FA Cup before? So, is the FA Cup important in terms of a travel and like on its own? On its own, not.
0: Enough, of- but as as part of a travel, yeah, it's important. It's like yeah. the Soul yeah. Stone in in Avengers. <laughs> like it's a fucking stupid stone on its own, but as part of like, <laughs> the gauntlet <laughs> it
1: makes a lot of sense. Like. The nerd in me is
0: loving that. <laughs> um, <laughs> I don't know whether to laugh or to cry <laughs> at your disrespect towards Joe Fagan there. I'm not really sure how to take all that. But, um,
1: or the Soston.
0: <laughs> or the Soston.
1: <laughs> Black Middle um, of our life, up.
0: But I do take your point. I'm glad, and this isn't a dig, I'm glad City didn't do a quadruple. Because that was. Really spelt the end, I think. Um, and I and I and this this is gonna sound very sick, but I hope PSG can put them out. Um, I, and that sounds very wrong. And like, I'm actually, my toes fell off there, lads, when I said that. they rest actually just abandoned my body. You can't be bothered with me anymore. Um, at <laughs> stage, I'd rather like, say you lost the heartbreaking final than than PSG go through. I think. Oh, like I'm on. I know this. This isn't because of uh, Brenton, uh, or it's more because of is dad, But I'm on the Chelsea bus, like they they win that thing, and that, that <coughs> doesn't feel right. Doesn't feel right at all. But I just we're having tactical you know, issues here. Sorry, Florentino <laughs> <laughs> Perez and his face. No, um. PSG, absolutely not. Man City winning one and having a, a gold star in their jersey. No, nope. No, thank she you. So, oh yeah. wow! Fucking hell! He scored in actual. uh yeah. oh, he is on some form, boys. Um. So yeah,
1: that's where I'm at in that. But is that is that the letter of four evils for you?
0: there? <sighs> see to me, Chelsea is yeah. Chelsea is the letter <laughs> of all the four evils because. Well, right, see, like,
1: Go
0: no, it's just well, Real Madrid are fascist so like I mean they're out. Um, PSG we've got Qatar and that's an issue Man City we've got Abu Dhabi and that's an issue
1: and um, Chelsea so, they're also an issue
0: Oh yeah look but they're the least of
1: the issues I suppose uh, in this <laughs> <laughs> I cannot see any good in no, any of these things
0: I kind of hope that we get a fourth wave of COVID in Europe and the Champions League is cancelled. That is the perfect <laughs> result, uh, for the Champions League. And, like, I just, I, like, honestly, I'm, I'm not just saying this. I, I can't imagine watching a Champions League final between any combination of these two teams because I hate them all. Like, I cannot imagine watching it. Like, I just can't. Um, I'll, I'll be washing my hair that night, what little I have left of it, like, so. sorry Breton but we're not really sorry I see for me it's like because of those two Breton and and his dad pass like I I used to despise Chelsea and now I I, I just don't I just don't despise them whatever it is like I love beating them don't be wrong especially because of Breton Um. But I like it. wouldn't bother me if they were the th- one of the t- the teams out of the four that. And we said, maybe I said this privately when it was looked like it could be possibly when the draw was made. Maybe our two teams playing in semi-final, that would be nice. And then the, whatever team won't go on and win it. But the other three teams that are left in it are just they're just worse. They're just far worse. Especially Real Madrid are just they're. This is this goes along with they're, they're the worst team in football. They're the worst thing in football um and man city and p s g are very quickly coming up to that and could possibly pass it in years to come but i can i i, I cannot i cannot stand the thought of p s this p s g side uh, under these owners and this manchester city under these owners winning a european cup yeah so i think in ranking of Of the worst possible results. PSG is the worst. City is the second worst. Madrid, they've just done it so many times at this stage, it's hard to give a shy. And yeah, Chelsea, because I like Brendan, and if he's happy i wouldn't say I'd be happy but I wouldn't be disappointed. So Yeah. I think on that pure basis. But then again, I have a shithead of a friend who sports Chelsea and I'd hate to see him happy so I'm fixed up. <laughs> but, I mean it's, it's six one off the other yeah. It's like me and Johnny, I don't want to see Arsenal ever win a game because I just I enjoy his his uh, his anger. I, just, yeah. I, I thoroughly enjoy it like
1: hmm. um I know. <laughs> I I don't want to like. I know, like, you guys, the teams you support. I don't want any English team doing anything significantly, yes. unless it's Arsenal. Like, I'm just, I'm just yeah. that, I'm just that pathetic, I suppose. Like, I just I don't want. I think that's fine.
0: Yeah. I mean, one of the things that happens, I don't know if it happens in, in, in the league with you guys, is, but when, like, a, a, a League of Ireland team gets into Europe, it's like, oh, you should support, because they're, they're from the League of Ireland, yeah. everyone should support yeah. them. It's like, I know fans of, like, St. Pats and Bows who are never, ever going to support Shamrock Rovers in Europe. They would actually actively cheer against them. You know, that's the way it should be. Like, it's why we cheer against England, because you're supposed to cheer against the teams that are closest to you. Like, that's yeah. the law. Like, like yeah. nobody in Portugal is cheering for Spain winning a World Cup or vice versa. Yeah. Like, you're supposed to hate the teams around you. That's part of football. Like, it, uh, like, I feel like some of that gets lost in the sense that aren't we great lads having a team in Europe or whatever? Like, oh no, fuck them. Like, I absolutely, yeah. I'm delighted. Like, I'm not even, I wouldn't even count myself as a Shamrock Rovers fan, but I'm absolutely delighted to see the shit show that's going on in the dark at the moment. Because I know, like, <laughs> you know, because I know it's going to mean a lot to Teddy or whatever. So, and that's all, that should be the way. Like, I'm, I, yeah. so i never cheer for Chelsea, but it is just the best of a bad lot. If Borussia Dortmund were one of the other four teams, we, apart from Brenton, we'd all have Dortmund
1: shirts. Yeah. I,
0: really I personally,
1: I think this is the first year, it's ever in the semi-finals where there's been a team that I just, I just don't want any of them to win. <laughs> but there has to be one. So like it's just there's there's no win there's no win for anybody here. I just yeah. think it's it's a defeat for football in my own opinion. And that's just my opinion. Like I just think football <laughs> oh has God. been defeated with this Champions League issue.
0: Yeah, we should yeah. have gone back to last year's format where it was just like a one off knockout from the knockout stages. No home and away, just just go through. And PSG would have still found a way to bottle it, and Pep would have still found a way to bottle it. But I'd like to go back to that. Um, I think. That will do us for this, the breakaway podcast we've created this week. Um, An hour and 25 minutes of a podcast is quite some going, so hope you all enjoy it. Um, Steve, as always, thank you for coming on. No problem. Uh, I saw saw someone posting a tweet of eating spaghetti bolognese on a sandwich earlier on, so I'm going to try that once this podcast is over. Oh, God. Oh, Jesus Christ. Jonathan, as always, thank you for coming on.
1: Yeah, no problem, I think we will have to hibernate now from the big man for a while, but he's not going to
0: be happy when he hears this. Uh, well, unfortunately, he's uh, he's my son's uncle, so I don't think I'm going to be able to hibernate that much. Um, <laughs> as always, catch our podcast and all your podcast apps, just look for the Football Babble pod, and um, we're on com. I think it is. You are correct. <laughs> football- yeah, there you are, bang, I got it. Um, Thanks, folks, for listening. Thanks for getting involved um, during the week and letting us know what you think of the podcast. Um, I hope you have really enjoyed it. And um, we might speak to you again later on the week after the European action. And good luck to everyone's teams that are playing. Us because mine aren't. And rude the rest is. See you. Good luck.